chapter forty three part one of supplements to the fourth book from the world as will and idea volume three by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter forty three on heredity part one the most ordinary experience teaches that in generation the combined seed of the parents not only propagates the peculiarities of the species but also those of the individual as far as bodily objective external qualities are concerned and this has also always been recognized naturae sequitur semina quisque suae catalyst now whether this also holds good of mental subjective internal qualities so that these also are transmitted by the parents to the children is a question which has already often been raised and almost always answered in the affirmative more difficult however is the problem whether it is possible to distinguish what belongs to the father and what to the mother thus what is the mental inheritance which we receive from each of our parents if now we cast upon this problem the light of our fundamental knowledge that the will is the true being the kernel the radical element in man and the intellect on the other hand is what is secondary adventitious the accident of that substance before questioning experience we will assume it as at least probable that the father as sexus potior and the procreative principle imparts the basis the radical element of the new life thus the will and the mother as sexus sequior and merely conceiving principle imparts the secondary element the intellect that thus the man inherits his moral nature his character his inclinations his heart from his father and on the other hand the grade quality and tendency of his intelligence from the mother now this assumption actually finds its confirmation in experience only this cannot be decided by a physical experiment upon the table but results partly from the careful and acute observation of many years and partly from history one's own experience has the advantage of complete certainty and the greatest speciality and this outweighs the disadvantage that arises from it that its sphere is limited and its examples not generally known therefore primarily i refer every one to his own experience first of all let him consider himself confess to himself his inclinations and passions his characteristic errors and weaknesses his vices and also his excellences and virtues if he has any then let him think of his father and he cannot fail to recognize all these characteristic traits in him also on the other hand he will often find his mother of an entirely different character and a moral agreement with her will very seldom occur indeed only through the exceptional accident of a similarity of the character of the two parents let him make this examination for example with reference to quick temper or patience avarice or prodigality inclination to sensuality or to intemperance or to gambling hard-heartedness or kindliness honesty or hypocrisy pride or condescension courage or cowardice peaceableness or quarrelsomeness placability or resentfulness etc then let him make the same investigation with regard to all those whose characters and whose parents he has accurately known if he proceeds attentively with correct judgment and candidly 
the confirmation of our principle will not be lacking thus for example he will find the special tendency to lie which belongs to many men equally present in two brothers because they have inherited it from the father on this account also the comedy the liar and his son is psychologically correct however two inevitable limitations must here be borne in mind which only open injustice could interpret as evasions first pater semper incertus only a decided physical resemblance to the father removes this limitation a superficial resemblance on the other hand is not sufficient to do so for there is an after effect of earlier impregnation by virtue of which the children of the second marriage have sometimes still a slight resemblance to the first husband and children begotten in adultery to the legitimate father such an after effect has been still more distinctly observed in the case of brutes the second limitation is that in the son the moral character of the father certainly appears yet under the modification which it has received through another and often very different intellect the inheritance from the mother and thus a correction of the observation becomes necessary this modification may be important or trifling in proportion to that difference but it can never be so great that the fundamental traits of the paternal character do not always appear under it recognizably enough like a man who has disguised himself by an entirely different kind of dress wig and beard for example if by inheritance from the mother a man is pre-eminently endowed with reason thus with the power of reflection and deliberation the passions inherited from his father are partly bridled by this partly concealed and accordingly only attain to a methodical systematic or secret manifestation and thus a very different phenomenon from that of the father who perhaps had only a very limited mind will then result and in the same way the converse case may occur the inclinations and passions of the mother on the other hand do not reappear at all in the children often indeed their opposite historical examples have the advantage over those of private life of being universally known but on the other hand they are of course impaired by the uncertainty and frequent falsification of all tradition and especially also by the fact that as a rule they only contain the public not the private life and consequently only the political actions not the finer manifestations of character however i wish to support the truth we are speaking of by a few historical examples to which those who have made a special study of history can no doubt add a far larger number of equally pertinent cases it is well known that p decius mus sacrificed his life for his country with heroic nobleness for solemnly committing himself and the enemy to the infernal deities with covered face he plunged into the army of the latins about forty years later his son of the same name did exactly the same thing in the war against the gauls thus a thorough proof of the horatian fortes creantor fortibus et bonis the converse of which is thus given by shakespeare cowards father cowards and base things sire base cymbeline four two early roman history presents to us whole families whose members in long succession distinguished themselves by devoted patriotism and courage such were the gens fabia and the gens fabricia again alexander the great was fond of power and conquest like his father philip 
the pedigree of nero which with a moral intention suetonius chapters four and five gives at the beginning of his sketch of this monster is very well worth considering it is against claudia he describes which flourished in rome through six centuries and produced not only capable but arrogant and cruel men from it sprang tiberius caligula and finally nero in his grandfather and still more strongly in his father all those atrocious qualities show themselves which could only attain their perfect development in nero partly because his higher position afforded them freer scope partly because he had for his mother the irrational bacchante agrippina who could import to him no intellect to bridle his passions quite in our sense therefore suetonius relates that at his birth praesagio fuit etiam domitii patris vox intergratulationes amicorum negantis quidquam exe et agrippina nisi detestabile et malo publico nasci potuisse on the other hand cimon was the son of miltiades and hannibal of hamilcar and the scipios make up a whole family of heroes and noble defenders of their country but the son of pope alexander the sixth was his hideous image caesar borgia the son of the notorious duke of alba was just as cruel and wicked a man as his father the malicious and unjust philip the fourth of france who was specially known by his cruel torture and execution of the knights templars had for his daughter isabella wife of edward the second of england who rebelled against her husband took him prisoner and after he had signed his abdication since the attempt to kill him by ill usage was unsuccessful caused him to be put to death in prison in a manner which is too horrible for me to care to relate the bloodthirsty tyrant and defensor fidei henry the eighth of england had a daughter by his first marriage queen mary equally distinguished for bigotry and cruelty who from her numerous burnings of heretics has won the name of bloody mary his daughter by his second marriage elizabeth received an excellent understanding from her mother anne boleyn which prevented bigotry and curbed the parental character in her yet did not do away with it so that it still always shone through on occasions and distinctly appeared in her cruel treatment of mary of scotland van geuns tells a story after marcus donatus of a scotch girl whose father had been burnt as a highway robber and a cannibal when she was only one year old although she was brought up among quite different people there developed in her the same craving for human flesh and being caught in the act of satisfying it she was buried alive in the freimutigen of the thirteenth july eighteen twenty one we read that in the department of albe the police pursued a girl because she had murdered two children whom she ought to have taken to the foundling hospital in order to keep the little money given to the children at last the police found the girl on the road to paris near romilly drowned and her own father gave himself up as her murderer finally let me mention a couple of cases which have occurred recently and have therefore only the newspapers as their vouchers in october eighteen thirty six a count belixnai was condemned to death in hungary because he had murdered an official and severely wounded his own relations his elder brother was executed earlier as a patricide and his father also had been a murderer frankfurter potzeitung of the twenty sixth october eighteen thirty six a year later the youngest brother of this count in the same street where the latter had murdered the official fired a pistol at the steward of his estates but missed him 
frankfurter journal sixteenth september eighteen thirty seven in the frankfurter postzeitung of the nineteenth november eighteen fifty seven a correspondent in paris announces the condemnation to death of a very dangerous highway robber le maire and his companions and adds the criminal tendency seems hereditary in his family and in those of his confederates as several of their race have died on the scaffold it follows from a passage in the laws of plato that similar cases were already known in greece the annals of crime will certainly have many similar pedigrees to show the tendency to suicide is specially hereditary on the other hand when we see the excellent marcus aurelius have the wicked commodus for a son this does not lead us astray for we know that the diva faustina was a uxor infamis on the contrary we mark this case in order in analogous cases to presume an analogous reason for example that domitian was the full brother of titus i can never believe but that vespasian also was a deceived husband now as regards the second part of the principles set up thus the inheritance of the intellect from the mother this enjoys a far more general acceptance than the first part which in itself appeals to the liberum arbitrium indifferentiae while its separate apprehension is opposed by the doctrine of the simplicity and indivisibility of the soul even the old and popular expression mother wit shows the early recognition of this second truth which depends upon the experience both with regard to small and great intellectual endowments that they are the possession of those whose mothers proportionately distinguish themselves by their intelligence that on the other hand the intellectual qualities of the father are not transmitted to the son is proved both by the fathers and the sons of men distinguished by the most eminent faculties for as a rule they are quite ordinary men without a trace of the paternal mental gifts but if now an isolated exception to this experience so often confirmed should appear such for example as is presented by pitt and his father lord chatham we are warranted in ascribing it to accident nay obliged to do so although on account of the exceptional rarity of great talents it is certainly an accident of a most extraordinary kind here however the rule holds good it is improbable that the improbable never happens besides great statesmen as was already mentioned in chapter twenty two are so just as much through the qualities of their character thus through what is inherited from the father as through the superiority of their mind on the other hand among artists poets and philosophers to whose works alone genius is properly ascribed i know of no case analogous to that raphael's father was certainly a painter but not a great one mozart's father and also his son were musicians but not great ones however it is indeed wonderful that the fate which had destined a very short life to both of these men each the greatest in his own sphere as it were by way of compensation took care by letting them be born already in their workshop that without suffering the loss of time in youth which for the most part occurs in the case of other men of genius they received even from childhood through paternal example and instruction the necessary introduction into the art to which they were exclusively destined the secret and mysterious power which seems to guide the individual life i have made the subject of special investigations which i have communicated in the essay über die scheinbare absichtlichkeit im schicksale des einzelnen parerga volume one it is further to be observed here that there are certain scientific occupations which certainly presuppose good native faculties yet not those which are really rare and extraordinary 
while the principal requirements are zealous efforts diligence patience early instruction sustained study and much practice from this and not from the inheritance of the intellect of the father the fact is to be explained that since the son always willingly follows the path that has been opened up by the father and almost all businesses are hereditary in certain families in some sciences also which before everything demand diligence and persistence individual families can show a succession of men of merit such are the scaligers the bernoullis the cassinis the herschels end of chapter forty three part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine